Welcome to Power Up, a podcast show hosted by Maurizio Di Paolo Emilio that brings life to some of the stories on power electronics technologies and products featured on powerelectronicsnews.com and through other Aspencore media publications. In this show, you'll hear both engineers and executives discuss news, challenges and opportunities for power electronics in markets such as automotive, industrial and consumer. Here is your host, Editor-in-Chief of PowerElectronicsNews.com and EEWeb.com, Maurizio Di Paolo Emilio. Hello everyone and welcome to this new episode of uh, PowerUp. Today we will talk about uh, smarter grid for uh, reliable renewable energy. By embracing smart grid solutions, communities and industries can tap into the power of renewable energy while ensuring a stable and dependable energy supply. This transformation will significantly contribute to the global effort to combat climate change, fostering a greener and more environmentally responsible world. In this podcast with Mike Bates, Worldwide General Manager for Energy at Intel, we explore the critical importance of building a smarter grid to support reliable renewable energy solutions. Intel has introduced an innovative technology solution aimed at revolutionizing the energy grid and promoting the adoption of renewable energy sources. The primary goal of this system is to simplify and enhance the grid, making it more reliable, flexible and efficient. Let's talk with Mike. Hi Mike, thanks a lot uh, for uh, the opportunity to have you at the Power Up podcast. How are you? Doing great, Mauricio. It's great to meet you and appreciate the time today to talk about uh, all these things happening in the energy transition. My pleasure. Thanks a lot. Where are you located, Mike? I'm based in Austin, Texas, and I'm part of a global team at Intel. Good. So today we will talk about uh, uh, smart grid, smarter grid, and in particular Intel's uh, solution. Before that, so tell us more about you. Please introduce yourself. Uh, tell us more about your background. Thank you very much. So my name is Mike Bates. Um, I lead Intel's Energy Center of Excellence. I would consider myself kind of a career energy uh, veteran. I graduated from college and went straight to work in the oil and gas industry, uh, being based here in Texas. It's one of the uh, career opportunities that um, a lot of folks pursue. I spent the first half of my career in the oil and gas industry, mostly in uh, completions as well as production. So you could say I first half of my career, I unlocked um, a lot of carbon um, with my hands. And the second half of my career has been more focused on um, the energy, what we now call the energy transition, the move away from um, carbon-based energy system to something more clean, renewable, and I would also say more resilient to the impacts of climate change. Um, just real quickly, my team, uh, mm -hmm. as I mentioned earlier, we are a global team. Um, our team looks for opportunities to apply Intel technology, and I think even more importantly, convene our ecosystem of partners to address some of the biggest challenges in the energy transition. Let's start with the importance of uh, renewable energies. So what are 
the key benefits of moving towards renewable energy sources and building a smarter grid, so a smart grid even more smart. So how can renewable energy be integrated more effectively into the grid? Thanks for a great question. I want to expand this a little bit further beyond just renewables. I think it's important um, that we build a system that can connect to distributed energy resources. And in a lot of cases, those are renewable. Uh, Think solar, wind. Um, But the real challenge here is, as you might imagine, this energy grid built and operated basically the same way it's been operated for the last 100 plus years, where we have centralized generation, coal plants, nuclear plants, delivering power to the point of consumption. And then when more demand was needed, we just built more power plants. And as you might guess, those days are over. We're not building big centralized power generation facilities. And what's happening in exchange is uh, these new, call it distributed energy resources. And a lot of those are deployed uh, privately um, on the other side of the grid. So what our company is doing with our partners is to to put compute out to the edge of the grid to integrate and optimize all these new distributed energy loads that are being deployed. So I think to answer your question in a really long way, I think the most important benefit by pushing compute out to the edge of the grid is to seamlessly integrate these renewable energy resources so that unlimited amounts of renewables can be added. That plus solving for uh, the long queues we have today for existing renewables um, to to integrate them onto the grid. I know technology that we're developing, the solutions we're also developing will help expedite uh, the interconnection for existing renewables as well. So the transformation to, to, a smart, to a smarter grid would require requires, uh, several things, significant changes in the existing energy infrastructure with the goal to, to ensure a smooth transition and minimize uh, disruptions uh, during the, the grid modernization process. Uh, your team, Intel, has uh, developed a technology solution to simplify the grid and make it more flexible. So could you share uh, with us uh, uh, some features, some light on how AI and IoT technologies play a role in creating this smarter grid? How does Intel's technology ensure a smooth transition and minimize issues during the process? You bet. Um, And the benefit of applying these technologies, one, is to bring more renewables on so that we have a cleaner, lower carbon energy system. But it's it's also equally important um, to be able to create a more resilient grid so that the as the impacts of climate change and geopolitical changes uh, impact our ability to deliver power, this technology also allows us to keep power on uh, at the edge when the grid itself is at risk. Um, but to go to the first problem, part of that problem statement, which is the integration of renewables. Um, as you know, these energy resources that we're beginning to integrate to the grid are very intermittent in nature. Um, mm-hmm. Wind blows in very 
somewhat predictable ways, but there's a lot of some sort of intermittency in that wind. Same with solar. When the sun is shining, we're doing great. But when we get clouds in and clouds move around, there's a lot of intermittency in that load. Uh, there's also intermittency in the supply side uh, where we can move load around inside of a data center, inside of a building, for example, uh, to match current energy um, uh, current energy conditions. But all those use cases that I just described require real-time load balancing real time and i mean real time almost instantaneous real time not real time as in push the data to the cloud use the cloud to make the decision and push the decision back this happens at the edge so the technologies we're talking about look like um server class compute that can operate ai enabled workloads in real time along with real time communications 5g private LTE that can move data around at the edge to match these real-time decision-making and also to avoid some of the costs needed to backhaul all that data. So what I'm trying to describe here looks a lot like a ruggedized server sitting inside of a substation at the far edge of the grid with compute power like a data center might have to be able to manage all these AI-enabled load balancing decisions. So energy equity is also a critical aspect of sustainable uh, development. Um, tell us uh, uh, more, uh, a little bit more, how does Intel's technology contribute to, to bridging the energy gap and ensuring that everyone, uh, all communities, can have uh, access, uh, access to reliable and clean power? That's a great question, and it's a real challenging question um, that we're looking to answer. And I think the first way to answer that is the compute solutions that we are pushing to the edge of the grid, as I mentioned before, they will drive more renewable energy. They will lower the carbon footprint of our electric grid. They will help communities meet their carbon footprint mandates. But at the same time, the community will benefit by allowing and enabling the grid to stay live in the face of some of the big challenges with climate impacts. And I know you're in Italy. You probably could tell lots of stories about this past summer. I live in Texas. I can tell lots of stories yeah. about the heat and the impacts here. Um, but also, you know, and Chelsea was right here with me. Uh, when we in Texas went through this massive winter storm two and a half years ago. And in that particular case, you might remember, um, or if you heard about it, a lot of the big downtown buildings in some of the cities in Texas uh, remained on power, uh, even when folks could not get to those buildings, when basically the roads were shut down, while some of the residential um, homes and businesses were left without power. Um, we know the technology exists today to be able to scalpel-like um, load control to keep the homes, electricity in the homes alive while lowering the energy in the buildings that people can't access. So in that particular case, the community benefits in a condition where it's a life-saving condition when the grid is 
not certain. Power from the grid is not certain. So that's that's one of the ways. The other way we're working to uh, make this an exclu- inclusive uh, solution is building out community solar programs where you know folks that may not be able to afford solar on their rooftop or even if they're renters and cannot uh, put solar on the rooftop, we're working with developers to build community solar programs uh, with ground-mounted solar that allows for mm-hmm. those citizens to also participate in the clean energy economy. So besides the power grid, uh, there are, uh, are there other sectors where uh, Intel's smart grid technology can be applied, potentially contributing to broader sustainability and climate goals? Yes, two big areas that I can share with you. Um, one of them is around this term carbon neutral data center, where we're working with data center operators to put computing software inside the data center that, first of all, allows the data center to move workloads around inside the data center to match real-time energy conditions. Um, we're also co-locating uh, renewable energy on-site at data centers to be able to power those workloads with green power. Um, these are solutions that what we call are behind the meter, but not necessarily connected to the grid um, directly. They're direct, they're connected to the markets uh, through energy trading platforms. And another area that we're focused on that's also very, I, I think, relevant to a smarter grid is through the EV charging infrastructure. And I'm talking more about EV charging at retail, not necessarily EV charging in your garage, your home. Uh, This is fast DC charging. It takes 10 to 15 minutes to charge a vehicle. Um, And in this particular use case, we're working with the grid operators to prepare the grid uh, for the mass adoption of EVs and EV charging. And as folks move out of the garage and out onto the road for their charging, uh, integrating those charging structure infrastructures with smart grids is going to allow us to uh, expedite the rollout of EVs. So climate change mitigation usually often maybe involves uh, collaboration, cross-sector collaboration. This is an important point. How does Intel's technology facilitate partnerships between providers, technology providers, but also other stakeholders in supporting, in advancing the transition to a smart grid, to a smarter grid. You're asking a question that I think is at the core of the challenges that we're driving. Um, Mm -hmm. This electric utility industry is an industry, as I mentioned before, that's pretty much adopted the same solution approach over the last 100 plus years. In a lot of cases, these are what I would call closed and mostly proprietary solutions being offered by the incumbent ecosystem. Um, The utilities in this space now recognize the need to move to an approach that's more open and interoperable to enable them to navigate this fast-paced energy transition. So Intel's role in this transition is to convene those incumbent solution providers with our utility customers around this new approach. So we work hand in hand with our utility customers and this ecosystem 
to develop new solution architectures, uh, as you already mentioned, that are AI enabled, uh, that are more open, uh, more interoperable, and what we would call software defined, where the edge, the hardware edge, is defined by the software that's operating it. And the movement is now to then plug and play applications uh, through a kind of a containerized platform that Intel is building with these uh, utilities in the ecosystem. So another topic will be policy and uh, regulatory support that will play an important role in, uh, in the adoption, in driving the adoption of new energy technologies. How governments can incentivize and encourage the deployment of the solution of Intel's smart grid solution and foster a sustainable energy ecosystem. And again, this is an industry that's been operating the same way for 100 plus years. I keep repeating that, but I think it also relates to the regulatory and policy and legislative uh, approach as well. It's also been the same model for the last 100 plus years, uh, mostly a, a capital expenditure um, that's approved through regulatory bodies. And that model, while it still serves its purpose, it is in some ways a bit of an obstacle to expediting this energy transition. And we're beginning to see, and I, again, I'm old enough to remember how the telecommunications deregulation and how that industry transformed, you know, 30 so years ago. And the same challenge is being faced today by the utilities. So if you remember those big telecom companies, you know, Southwestern Bell here in the U.S., um, those were not the companies that made the massive profits from the telecommunications deregulation. It was the application providers, you know, Facebook, Google, Amazon. They are the ones that took that great infrastructure that the telecoms developed, all that broadband infrastructure, and created applications that ride off of that new broadband infrastructure. The same opportunity exists today for utilities to create a platform that allows for this new set of services to be offered to consumers around clean energy and resilient energy. So regulatory bodies are beginning to recognize the need to create more flexibility for utilities to participate in the new service models that are emerging from the energy transition. Among topics that we we have talked, I should mention cybersecurity. That is a major concern when it comes to to infrastructure, to critical infrastructure like the power grid. So, how does Intel's smart grid solution address potential cybersecurity risks and uh, with the goal and would assure the integrity and safety of the system. Yeah, one of the areas, obviously security is an overlay to, to all the things that we work on, including uh, security around data, uh, the data that we're collecting now at the edge of the grid uh, by consolidating all these workloads under a compute platform. So one of the ways that we're managing that data federation is to create secure data access to the utility for data that, that they own, that's proprietary, um, and then creating a separate path for that data to federate it out to the app development world. So obviously security protocols for both of those two data feeds um, are, are tight and require security protocols to be de 
deployed across them to ensure that the data um, ends up in the right place and is used for the right reasons. I think the other side of that security story is when, as we're talking about integrating more renewable energy resources, in a lot of cases, these new resources are owned by the customer. So with that open and interoperable platform that I mentioned, it includes secure device onboarding. So for example, if you had solar in your home and you had a deal with the local utility, I guess in your case, NL, to access your solar during times when there is a need for energy, the utility would onboard your device in a very secure fashion that Intel's building into this interoperable platform to be able to control it, uh, manage it during those times. And then, so if we're, if we're going down that path and we're beginning to pull in customer-owned resources into the larger grid story, obviously we're going to make sure that those devices are on board, they're registered, authenticated, um, in the way that you might expect us from a security standpoint. So in terms of R&D programs, so what are some of the ongoing research and development that you are uh, doing? So just to continue to continuously improve and uh, enhance the smart grid uh, uh, solution, considering also the evolving of the renewable energy ecosystem. There are a couple of ways. Um, first is, you know, we're talking about Intel technology deployed inside solutions at the edge of the grid to do all this great renewable energy. Those Intel solutions are developed by companies like Dell or Lenovo or GE or ABB. Um, and there's Intel products inside those solutions that we develop. So we're extending that energy sustainability story all the way down to the ingredients inside the solutions. So Intel's, you may know, has been ranked high uh, globally as one of the largest, um, most sustainable companies in the world. A lot of that is built around our supply chain. So as we work with our supply chain and bring products into our manufacturing facilities, we're ensuring sustainability all the way down that supply chain path. So we pick up Though that supply chain, when we package it into solutions that then go into um, smart grids and others. So one area where we're, we're growing is to extend that supply chain story all the way from beginning to end and capture and audit the carbon footprint all the way from beginning to end. Uh, so that's, that's more innovation with existing solutions that we're taking to market. I think another way is around AI and AI algorithms developed by the uh, app development world. So as I said before, we are collecting new data in new ways, and we're keen to take that data out into the development world to innovate on new applications for this renewable energy integration. And then finally, we're also looking at the future and what's coming. So we're looking at green hydrogen and process automation for green hydrogen to lower the premium for getting more green hydrogen into the market, as well as carbon capture and underground storage, another big area for us and our AI capabilities. 
Nice. So a lot of topics. Yeah. So in conclusion, Mike, um, final remarks. So uh, let's understand uh, some of the potential challenges and obstacles. So renewable energy is increasing. The demand uh, is increasing. Uh, let's understand the potential challenges that uh, everyone Uh, governments, industry, utilities should face and uh, uh, with the goal to adopting, integrate uh, even more smart grid solutions. Um, last, okay, last parting comment. And I think this is something you're hearing about and we'll start hearing more and more about. You know, as I said before, climate mitigation has always been um, a big challenge and lowering carbon footprint has been a big challenge and it's still a big challenge. And that's one of the primary objectives of bringing more renewable energy onto the grid with a lowering carbon footprint. But I think the more pressing issue that we see today and we're going to see more of in the future is around climate resiliency and grid resiliency and the same technologies that are being deployed for driving more renewable energy are the same technologies we need to make the grid more resilient so that when storms and other types of climate impacts and geopolitical changes occur, it doesn't affect the entire grid. Uh, it would only affect pockets of the grid. If we can build this out in a way that does allow people to manage through these impacts, I think we can say we've done a very successful job at rebuilding the energy system, not just for today, uh, but for generations to come. Great. So, Mike, thanks a lot for joining us at uh, Power Up. See you next. Fantastic. It's been great. I really appreciate it. That brings us to the end of this episode. Stay tuned with more news and technical aspects about power electronics. If you are listening to this on the podcast page at eetimes.com or powerelectronicsnews.com, links to articles on topics we have discussed are shown on this page. Power Up is brought to you by Aspen Core Media. The host is Maurizio Di Paolo Emilio and the producer is James Ede.